now, it's Gardening Talkback with gardening specialist, Scott Sharp. Welcome to Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you back once again. Uh, thank you, thank you. And I, I've come back for the nice turn of weather over the weekend. It was a fantastic. Yesterday was brilliant. It was. It's got a little bit chilly again today, but I think we're on the up now. It's all going to get better. We're heading in towards spring. Trains left the station, all of that sort of stuff. It's going to be a low of three degrees tonight, Scott. Okay, that's not so good. Yeah, Did I? I didn't listen to the weather just then. I was concentrating <laughs> elsewhere. It's still going to be pretty cold for the next couple of days. The plants won't like that. What do you got for us today? Well, mainly we're going to talk about the Maitland Garden Ramble today. We've got Helen Moyle. She's going to give us uh, some information about that quite soon. It's coming up on the 21st and 22nd of September, so a big thing there. And we'll also be talking about kangaroo paw and some other plants. And, Scott, we've got Helen Moyle from Maitland Garden Ramble. Hello, Helen. Hi, Scott. How are you going? Great to talk to you again. How was Thank last you. year? Was it a big success for you? Oh, Scott, every year keeps getting bigger and bigger for us, and um, I think we're in for another big one this year as well. So we thank everyone that attends because, um, as you know, all our money goes to charity, Division Australia, and we're a not-for-profit organisation, and it's lovely to see the money stay here in the Hunter. So very good. It is, and look, so much work that you put into it to get it up and running, and, and we congratulate you uh, about that, and especially to all that money going to our charity. That is fantastic. Yes. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about some of the gardens this year? Well, this year we're very fortunate. We've got um, heritage, a, a few heritage homes with Annambar House and Bawarra House, both on the Hunter River, both on large acreage or, or properties. Um, and would you believe these two people are cousins? <laughs> so um, it's a competition to see who's got the biggest fig tree there, I think, the big Morton Bay fig. But anyway, two beautiful, beautiful heritage properties. Um, and then next to Bulwara House, we have the barn, which was the original barn to Bulwara House. And this has been restored, and the gardens there, is, it, it's a must to see. It's just immaculate. Um, so lucky enough there, we have two next door to each other, Scott. So park your car and take your time to wander. So what, um, what sort of plants are we going to be seeing at uh, the barn at uh, Bowara? Um, the barn has a lot of natives, heritage, beautiful um, hedging. Um, it's immaculate. The lawn, honestly, you could play bowls on it. It's just it's just beautiful. The, the chap that's just taken over there, he's put a lot of work into it. And... He's also got the old horse trough, the, the original horse trough, and he's done them all up. It's, it's just beautiful. It's just something that people will walk around and, you know, they'll enjoy that immensely, that one. So, yes, we're very lucky. We go from heritage to actually quite modern with the, with the house down in Largs, the pole house, um, built on a lagoon, um, totally different to the heritage. So we're giving people so much variety this year, Scott, um, with what we've got and still just a nice drive around Maitland. So you're not doing a lot of distance. Um, and this year we're encouraging a lot of over 55s and retirement villages to bring their buses out for a day. It's, it's a lovely day out. It's not a big expense. You have a beautiful lunch at our cafe, which will be at Annambar House. Um, so just a nice day for everyone to enjoy the gardens. That sounds fantastic. Look, there's also a shuttle bus as well that goes around, but uh, only very limited seats for that. 
Yes, we only have 28 seats on that. This is run by Peaks Bus Hire. And may I say, they do this voluntary for us all weekend, such a generous thing that they do. Now, these tickets are only available to buy or to purchase through the Visitor Centre. You must purchase them at the Visitor Centre if you want the bus. And honestly, if you don't know your way around Maitland, I suggest this is a nice way to do it, um, uh, to be driven around and, and you don't miss out on anything. So... Um, a must-do if you want to come up and, and um, get the bus. Now, would you be able to tell us a little bit about the... I'm going to try and pronounce this properly, the Penn Park Garden at Windella. Yes, now this was originally 60 acres and um, the people in the area will know Windella itself and um, the people that bought this originally have restored it and this is just a beautiful country homestead property. Um, walk around it, they've got a beautiful rose garden, it's surrounded by hedges, it's now only on about five acres, but they've still got the rustic old barn that's on the property and the house, it's just it's just got that beautiful country feel about it, so uh, another must for people to see I can't speak highly enough of the gardens that we have this year, Scott um, and when we do ask people to put their hand up for it we don't get any knockback. So we're very, very lucky in Maitland that, that these people, you know, go out of their way for the garden ramble. So very, uh, very lucky. Helen, are people struggling with their gardens with the, the lack of water and rain at the moment? Very much so. I mean, that's all over the state. I mean, but Maitland in particular is very dry at present. And um, I know I keep looking at the weather map and they're going to get a little bit of rain, hopefully, the week before the garden ramble. But um, what people are putting, the effort they're putting into their garden. So if someone's walking around and the grass is a little bit browned off, I, I can assure you there'll be colour elsewhere in the garden because, you know, the lawn will always come back, Scott. Your, your, your lawn always comes back. But um, they're put going that extra mile to um, showcase their yards, their gardens. Okay, and that is fantastic. The, the effort that people put into their gardens, the effort uh, that you as a committee put into getting this organised, again, we say thank you uh, to you for that. We best do a little bit of housekeeping about this. So it's on uh, Saturday, the Maitland Garden Ramble, Saturday and Sunday, the 21st and 22nd of September. Uh, That's now, right. tickets are available from the Maitland Visitor Information Centre, Heritage Gardens, yes. uh, Bowara Cafe, uh, ourselves in Derby Street and Poppy's Nursery out at Gateshead. Yes. Uh, again, we say that all proceeds of this go uh, to uh, Vision Australia uh, through the yes. Maitland Black and White Committee, and uh, again, we thank you for that. That's, and thank you to 2NUR for their continued support to us. Um, you know, we rely on a lot of local people for sponsorship, and I'm not going to name them all because there's quite a few that are involved, but um, we are so lucky in Maitland to have um, the business houses support us. 100%. So a big thank you to all of those people. And we're going to give away a couple of uh, tickets, a couple of passes to the Lovely. Ramble today to uh, our... Well, we always do. It's just, we, let's not chew a category. It's our favourite caller, really. There's no... nothing. It basically is. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so if everyone's on their best behaviour... Yeah, be nice to us. <laughs> be nice, yes, yes. And, and um, when they do get the tickets, Scott, tell them to make themselves known to us that we know that they did get them from 2NUR. You know, we like to know where all our ticket people come from, all our you know, we do take, try and take a bit of a postcode when people come through and it's amazing how far people travel to look at gardens because they just, they're just all garden lovers.
So how far away are you getting people from? Central Coast? Uh... Oh, last year we had them from Canberra, would you believe? They oh. came all the way from Canberra. Yes, we couldn't believe it. So, um, because we do advertise in quite a few magazines, so, you know, proof is in the pudding, so to speak. But, um, yeah, it's, it's lovely to see these people. And they make a weekend of it, Scott. You know, they'll come up and it's good for the town because accommodation gets booked. Um, other business houses get the benefit of it as well. So it's good for Maitland. Good to make them. Okay, well, thank you very much, Helen. We hope it grows again, uh, pardon the pun, this year for you. And uh, we'll be giving away two tickets uh, for that uh, today to our favourite caller, uh, the Maitland Garden Ramble on the 21st and 22nd of September. Thanks very much, Helen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, cheers. We've got a very patient Alan from Fernbay Lawine. He needs some advice about planting tulips in pots. Hey, Alan, how can we help you? Good, thank you. How are you, Scott? Yeah, very well, very love you, well. Love your show, mate. Uh, what I want to do uh, next year, uh, I know it's too late this year, but uh, I'm a pretty keen grower and I like to uh, plant some tulips in uh, 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 large large pots like the ones you buy from Bunnings, the big black ones. Yes. Uh, but first of all, uh, in the pots, of, they're half full at the present moment of, uh, of premium potting mix. Now, they tell me that premium potting mix only lasts uh, a month and then they, it loses all its uh, ingredients inside. Now, can I use that as a base and, and, and build, uh, just as a base and put new stuff in to grow? And um, uh, what could I put in it to liven it up before I plant? Yeah, look, I, 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 the idea that a potting mix sort of loses its you know nutrients in a in a month, look, that's that's not true. Uh, potting mix in a you know in a pot, you can you know six nine months before you really need to start feeding it. Uh, so, mm-hmm. look, I, I wouldn't take that on face value, but certainly well, the yeah. the mix that you've got there, you can use as a base. Uh, if yep. you are pl- planting bulbs, I would go and get a proper bulb mix. Uh, it's yep. a little bit sandier. I, I guess is the best way to describe it, and it allows better drainage uh, for the bulb. So it's not just sitting in a, in a wet, um, you know, sort of too moist um, mix that will actually let make the bulb, uh, you know, rot away with too much moisture. So definitely get a bulb mix. Use that premium potty mix as your base. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, plant your uh, your tulip bulbs. Uh, again, well, you, you are a little bit late now because really it should be... Yeah, Scott, uh, yeah, I got, I got no intention of doing them this year, mate, you know, yeah. but I wanted to do them next year. I had them two years ago, but I had them in the garden, but I want to put them in pots this year, uh, next year, but I wanted to just use that potting mix instead of throwing it because it's premium potting mix, and I wanted to know if you put some uh, cow manure or, or something in the bottom, in the basis of lighten up before I put the bowl mix on top. Yeah, you can certainly mix some cow manure through it, um, you know, probably just a handful or so. You'd never plant yep. directly into that uh, cow manure, though. You have to let it sit there for a while and sort of stir yep. it around. But, look, you can, yep. you can certainly do that. There's other yep. slow-release fertilisers as well uh, that you can use, uh, the specific bulb uh, fertilisers, but definitely get some bulb mix and plant into that. And then come, uh, I guess, uh, next early, uh, early autumn, winter, you can get your tulips going again. Yeah, well, what I want to do is just, uh, qu- qu- I've got about a uh, quarter to half full of the potty mix at the present moment, but it been sitting there till next year. I thought I might have been able to put something in that to liven it up a bit and then put the bowl mix 
on the top before I put the bulbs in. Yeah, look, certainly the uh, the, the cow manure will give it, you know, some better nutrients. Okay, uh, and yep. just And just, uh, you know, actually water it every now and again as well so it doesn't become hydrophobic. That means that, you yep. know, that the, uh, the water actually repels from the potty mix. So make sure you just yep. actually water it every yeah, now and again. Yeah, mate, you're right. I water... Uh, I water the roses and they're wrong to the pot's wrong side. So when they're half full like that and they're just sitting there idle, I just put a, uh, I just put the hose in them as well too. You know, yeah. keep them pretty damp. Oh, but so my, my main concern was just uh, putting something in them next year before I put the bowl mix on the top. You yeah, know, def- I didn't want to throw it away. Put it that way. You know, no, def- definitely do that. It might be like the uh, the tulip wars up there in Fern Bay. <laughs> Where tulips are just, you know, the the value of the tulips are just going up and up and up, and uh, you'll be there. You'll be a rich man very soon, up there, Alan. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for that. Okay, good on you, mate. Have a nice afternoon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So we've got Robin from Brandy Hill. You got a question about lemongrass? Hi. Yes, I have. Thank you, Scott. How can we help, uh, Robin? Well, for the first time, and I've had this plant for oh, probably over five years. It's thrown up like spikes with a flower, I'm calling it a flower head, it looks like um, almost a wheat sheath at the top. Yes, it, do, it does actually, yeah, it's quite quite strange but uh, Yes, yeah. so is my plant finished now or did this just die back or what do I do with all these on it? Yeah, look, it's not going to die back on you. Have you ever cut yours back before? I have. Yeah. Because with with lemongrass, you can just get the shears and cut it almost back to ground level again, and the new fresh ones come up. I would suggest doing that at this point in time. Right. Yeah. So you're not letting it go to seed. Uh, to give it the really hard cut back now, it's the right time of year to do it. Um, oh, good. Give it some nice water. And, I mean, it's such a tough plant anyway, lemongrass. It, oh, yeah. it, it grows completely by itself. I've got one up the corner of my street that a, a friend of mine planted outside his, his fence some time ago, and it, it still just keeps on going and going. No one looks after it anymore. He's long moved on over to Mayfield somewhere, and uh, this lemongrass just keeps on going. So, yeah, give it a good cutback, uh, give it a water, and uh, right time of year, and uh, you'll have some uh, nice lemongrass in your Thai curries. Yes, and make tea out of it too. I do. Um, I'm wonderful. Thank you. I just didn't know whether I had to get a new one or not. So that's fabulous. I could just cut it back and it'll come back in no time. And it'll refresh for you. Great. Okay. Thank you for your help. Appreciate it. Enjoy the, enjoy the brew, Robin. Thank you. I will. Bye. Bye-bye. So living grass is pretty easy. It, oh, it's very easy. You, look, you could grow it as well. Really? Yep, your chilli, your lemongrass, you've got almost all the ingredients for any sort of curry that you need. Plus the rosemary, if you want to mix it up a bit. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, but you will not kill it. I will not kill it. You will not kill lemongrass. That sounds like a challenge. <laughs> it's the, the great lemongrass challenge of 2019. <laughs> and we've got Terry from Swansea Heads in the line. He's got a question about pineapples. Terry, yeah, how can we help yeah, you, mate? Yeah, very well, very well. Um... I've got a pineapple growing. It's, it's, it's pretty well, got a good size about it. Good. It's got all the little suckers around there, the bottom of the base of the pineapple itself. Yes, that, yeah, that's correct, yeah. So the actual, yeah, you're getting new leaves coming out of the pineapple plant, are you? No, underneath the bottom of the pineapple itself. Oh, right, okay. Pineapple heads. Yeah. There's about half a dozen more so far. I was wondering if I can transplant them straight in a pot and will they grow? Yes, they certainly will. So pineapple is actually a, a type of bromeliad. So once that pineapple, you know, actually has, you get your pineapple off it and it's finished, that main plant will then die off. So you're relying on the pups that it's putting out uh, oh, yeah. to keep that plant going and creating a clump of pineapples. 
so look, they, they are quite an easy plant to grow. I think the problem with them here in Newcastle is we don't have quite the length of summer that we need uh, to get that really rich taste, uh, you know, that sugary taste in the pineapple. Uh, oh, yeah. I know when I've tried to plant them, uh, you know, it sort of starts to get the pineapple on it in February and then, you know, a month and a half later, two months later, it starts to cool off again and the plant, you know, the pineapple hasn't ripened properly. Uh, I like having them just because they look good and they look a bit funny on my front veranda. But, uh, uh, yeah, look, I'd certainly uh, try and break those pups off. Uh, now's the time to do it and uh, get them going because you want them to uh, fruit as, for as long as possible uh, throughout summer so you get that nice, uh, rich, uh, pineapple taste in the fruit. Okay. Thank you for that. That's all right, mate. You have a very good afternoon. Same to you. Bye. Okay. See you, Terry. Cheers, Terry. We've got Jim now from Merriweather. And he needs some advice about putting coffee grounds on his garden. Jim, you've got some uh, coffee. How, what, what's your favourite, mate? Latte? <laughs> Not this, no. Um, I've got some ground coffee. Yes. Uh, used ground coffee that uh, was put outside a coffee shop and it seems to be always there, so I pick some up. Um, what shouldn't I put it on and what does it love anyway? Uh, I have generally said, look, don't use coffee, uh, coffee grounds. And the only reason I say that is people, you know, I think because it's free, they try and overuse it. Uh, I have done some research and some reading about it. It is actually safe to use it and sprinkle it around the garden. Uh, as a sort of a, a general additive to the soil. However, you would not put it on incredibly thick. Uh, and, you know, like I'm talking two, you know, five centimetres, that's far too thick. It's more just like a light dusting that you start throwing around and, and water that in. So, look, it's not something because it's there and it's free, you just keep on overusing it. Uh, I've seen it, and, you know, when people put it on very thick on their gardens and nothing seems to grow there. Uh, the other thing I'd be doing is tilling it through the soil as well, not just leaving it uh, to go hard on the, on, and crusty on the top of the surface. Uh, but look, certainly, mate, if it's there, get some, sprinkle it around. Uh, you know, maybe next month do the same thing again, but it's not something you're going to go down there every week and just keep on adding, uh, you know, coffee to the soil. My thoughts on it, it would probably over-acidify the soil. Um, so, for instance, if you've got roses, uh, they're not going to like that at all. Uh, so if you had camellias, uh, you know, azaleas, those sort of plants, you know, a light dusting around uh, those plants would be fine. Around tomatoes as well, uh, you almost get a sort of a coffee hybrid. You could have tomato, toasted tomato sandwiches and have the taste of your uh, short black in there at the same time. Yeah, good. Okay, well, what you told me, I think I'll stick to drinking it and uh, forget about the cut coffee gr- grounds. Look, mate, cer- certainly use it, but don't overuse it is my uh, caveat on that. Uh, what I'll do is just, just chuck it out and, and keep drinking it. That'll do me fine. Thanks very much for your help. Thanks for that, Jim. Have a nice afternoon. Bye. Bye-bye. And we've got Leslie from Tingara Heights, and she's got a question about fig trees. Hello, Leslie. How are you? Listen, Scott, if I've got a couple of fig trees growing that I get beautiful figs off, if I prune them, I increase the cropping or not? And if so, when should I? Yeah, so you will increase the cropping of them. Uh, now is the, the time to prune them. You always prune your figs when they haven't got any leaves on them. Yep. And any fig that comes on is always going to go on the new growth of the plant. So by right. pruning, you actually you usually get the plant to then split. So you get two coming off there and, you know, it becomes exponential over time. You get a bigger plant because you keep on getting that splitting of the branches. Uh, So thus you're going to get far more fruit eventually. And look, it's pretty much the same with any plant. Uh, Citrus, you know, they're always going to uh, fruit on the the new growth. So giving them a prune is a a good idea Um, because I always say about lemons that 
if you let them go, you know, the fruiting just keeps on moving right up to the top of the plant and you just can't get yeah. to it in the end. So with your fig tree, yes, certainly uh, certainly give it a prune. You can prune them pretty hard. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, you can take a third of it off, you know, sometimes even more if you want to, depending on how big the plant is now. Oh, well, each, each of them are probably around about... I don't know, two metres tall? Oh, okay, so they're, they're quite large. Uh, I think, oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, look, you can give them a very, very hard prune if you'd like to. Uh, look, at that time, I'd then give them, uh, you know, uh, some fertiliser. Uh, yep. I would go and oh, look some blood and bone or some citrus fertiliser. Uh, yep. You can spread that citrus around. Citrus fertiliser on figs. Yeah, I, I can't see why that would... You know, it's only going to help help the plant grow and fruit, so, you know, I wouldn't overuse it. I'd probably go with the blood and bone a little bit more, uh, mm -hmm. but certainly a little bit of citrus fertiliser won't hurt. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That's terrific. Okay, good luck with Thanks it, Leslie, lot. and uh, I love those figs, so if you've got some spare, <laughs> you know where to come. The trouble is that the possums and I share them. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, so there's, there's, yeah, there's three of us eating. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for that. That's terrific. Thanks, right. God. Thanks. See you later. Bye, mate. That's just me in a big possum suit up there at Tingara Heights. <laughs> Jumping the fences. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> a creepy possum. <laughs> Strangely, I can see you dressed as a possum, though. Oh, love it, love it. I'd go do anything for a fig. Fair enough. Yep. Div yeah. Dress as a giant possum. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> Dip it in honey. Spectacular. Can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. All right, we've got okay. Gwen from Beresfield. She's got a question about the magnolia tree. Hello, Gwen. How can we help you? Hello, Scott. Um, my magnolia tree, the pink one, is huge, very, very tall. I'd say about 30 foot high. And I want to cut it right back. But when is the right time? It's flowering now, and then the leaves are coming before the flowers are finished. And then after the leaves have all dropped in autumn, the the Buds, buds are there. Yes, I know. The trouble with the magnolia, it does everything in reverse, doesn't it? So uh, yeah. it, it, it makes you struggle as to when to cut it back. And look, now is not the time to do it, A, because you're going to lose all those beautiful pink flowers that are out there at the moment. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, the sap is starting to run through the tree and never a good time to do it. Uh, look, once it's finished its flowering and, uh, you know, you've got some leaves on there, those leaves have hardened up. Uh, you know, maybe month, two months' time. You know, I, I would say mid... Oh, where are we now? I'm trying to think about mid-August, you know, end of September. Uh, I would then give it a good hard prune then. Right, end now, of September. Yeah, what that will do is will allow the, the plant to regrow and then once it's lost its leaves, it'll have, you know, be have the growth on there uh, to be able to have those nice buds again for next year. Oh, okie-dokie. Yes, it was a bit of a problem choosing the right time. Yeah, they are a difficult plant because the way they flower first and then, bam, they, you know, their, their leaves come on and they get all that growth. So you just have to pick a time with them. Uh, I, I would say everything should have started, you know, slowed down by, you know, end of September and their growth will have hardened up. Give it a prune back then. Oh, thank you very, very much. Not a problem at all. Right. I enjoy your program every week. Thank you, Gwen. Right. Appreciate right, thank it. Thank you. Okay, have a bye nice bye. afternoon. Bye-bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Beryl from Kilburn Bay, and she's got a question about the clivia. The clivia. Clivia. Hi. How yes, are you, Scott? Very well. I was talking to a friend of mine today. Um, I'm actually going overseas next, and he said, you need to go to Clive Castle. Oh. And I thought it was a five. bet that's where Lady Clive created the clivia, or the clivia. Oh. So I'm going to check that out. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Let us know how you go. I will do that. How can we help you, Beryl? 
Um, I have the orange, the lemon and the deeper orange clivias. Mm -hmm. And uh, two of them are, especially the, orange, the deep orange one, they like they're squashed and the flowers can't get up, mm -hmm. um, even in, in a single plant. Um, and I don't know why they're doing it. I haven't had any trouble with them before. Uh, the one in the pot is, it's fine, but it's the ones that are in the ground. My feeling with that is you're going to have mealybug in there. And mealybug's like the little cotton wool insect that you see moving slowly around. Yeah. What happens at night is it goes down very deep, deep, deep into the crevice, you know, down and amongst the leaves of the clivia. So if you were to pull, peel back some of those leaves down around the base, you'd probably find a whole lot of that little white cotton wool stuff. Oh. And they're, and they're sap-sucking insects, so that's what's actually stopping the uh, the flower bud from coming out. It's just deforming the plant. It is, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flower only comes up about enough stem of, of, say, of about an inch, and then there's this horrible-looking flower on top of it. So to, to get rid of the mealybug, you need to mix up some sort of uh, insecticide. Uh, I would mm. say malathon in the watering can. Yes. And then drench that right down through the plant so it's actually going to get in and then sort of soak down into the crevices of the, the leaves and the flower stems uh, mm -hmm. and actually get the, the little insect down there and hangs around until he comes back out at night as well. Did you say add it to water? Yes, yeah, so make it up as a drench in the watering can. Just mix it up according to the instructions oh, right, in the watering yes. can and then just go around and, and drench right around the plants. And do okay. the one that's uh, not looking too bad either, just to make sure. I will. I thank you very much and have a wonderful holiday. Okay, thank you very much for that, Beryl. I'll uh, let you know how I go at uh, Clive Castle. Being very interesting. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Greg Richard, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, I think we've got time for a couple more calls. Let's dive into them then. We've got Lorraine from Barnsley and she's got a question about snails on lilies. Big problem. Lorraine, let's see if we can help you with your snails. Oh, thanks very much, Scott. Um, I've got, I think they're crinum lilies. Yes. And, and a spider lily. They're, they're really long-leafed things. But the, the, I've got a lot of baby snails, tiny little ones, right down in the leaf where it comes out from the plant. Um, I've, I've sprinkled the pellets around the bottom of the plant, but how do I get the little ones in the middle? Yeah, they're, they're little buggers, aren't they? I've, I've got a yeah. few of those around my place. I've also got the big daddy and mama snails as well. But um, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, I'll get rid of them. Yeah, I've got, I've got a special <laughs> plan for them as well that we won't go into because people get squeamish. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't involve a garlic butter sauce, I can tell you no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think they're the right sort of snails. I would, I would get some of the little pellets. Uh, there's a, a, a particular brand, and I can't think of the brand at the moment, uh, it, but it's in a green packet, and mm. the little pellets are actually smaller. Oh, yeah. And if you're very careful, you can sprinkle them down in amongst the leaves of the plant, and I've found that that does keep them under control. Also, keep them around the rest of the garden as well. Mm -hmm. uh, have you got blue-tongue lizards? I've got lots of skinks. Okay, so you do have to be careful about, I yeah. guess, if they're going to then eat the snail that's eaten the, the, uh, the yeah, poison. Yeah. Uh, but look, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. Uh, but I would definitely get those, those little smaller pellets that you get in the green packet and okay. sprinkle that down into and around the leaves of the plant. I've found that that keeps it under control for me. Okay, well, I'll try that. And another thing, I've just thought of it. I picked up some, some of the, well, I don't know whether they're seeds or something mm -hmm. from a... a 
crinum lily from mum. It's yes. got a pink flower on it. And I've planted them. And I've planted about 20. I've got five that have come up. The leaves are white. Oh, that's a bit strange. I'm not sure why that would do that. Uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully the other 15 come up and they've got a nice oh, green colour. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. That they are. They've, they've all come up. Yeah. But I just didn't know whether they were going to survive. I thought I might try and... What's see what yeah, wait and see. Look, just discard them if, if they're not going um, very well for you. Uh, the other thing oh, they're I was... growing really well. They're growing as, as good as the green ones. The other thing I was going to say about your snails as well, it just occurred to me, there are snail sprays you can get uh, right, that you can yes. spray around. The only thing I would say to that from my, my weak old memory is that I'm not sure you can actually spray them on the leaves, you spray it on the leaves of plants. Well, so if you're, if you're out and about at a, you know, your local garden centre and you do find some of that snail spray, yep. uh, just have a look on the instructions and the warnings to see if you can actually spray it on the plant because that could be another solution for another you. Another solution for it, yeah. Yeah, but definitely don't do that until you've, uh, you know, you've assured yourself oh, no. that, that you can do it. No, I don't want to kill, kill anything I don't want to kill. No, no. <laughs> it's hard enough as it is, isn't it? <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. Battling the snails. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Thank you very much for that. I'll, yeah, I'll give it a go. Okay. Thanks for the call, Thank Lorraine. Thank you. Have a nice afternoon. Bye. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thanks, Lorraine. Well, Scott Sharp, we're nearly out of time for another week. It, it's gone so quickly yet again. flown by. Flown by. Now, before you do step away, Maitland Garden Ramble. Yes. Giving away a double pass today. Yes, we are. And again, we're just... Uh, actually, what's happened today? People usually ring up and say, you two clowns, what are you going on about? But we said at the start of the show, if you're nice to us... And all today we've had great show, guys. Love the show. Love the show. You two are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, Scott and Greg for president, all those sort of things. Can you uh, come to my son's bar mitzvah, that yeah, sort of stuff. all those sort of things. We don't know why people are saying that. But I might have something to do with the garden ramble, but... Possibly these tickets, I'm tipping. I'm thinking so too. What about Leslie from Tingara Heights? She had the, uh, the issue with her fix. Ah, Yes. That's a bit convenient, considering you like fix. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, well, we're going to give the, uh, the tickets to, to Leslie. Um, there's no um, backhander there whatsoever. Well, there might be something. There might be something. Leslie's not on her way down here at the moment with a, a packet full of figs for us. <laughs> we can assure you of that. Although, if she is, you wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> no, we won't, we won't complain, but that's not the reason why we're giving Leslie the tickets. That's, we're just doing it. Just that. Yes. Randomly picked. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much. The old dartboard, and off we went. All right, Scott Sharp, before you go, you're away for four yeah, weeks. Yeah, I'm going to be away for four weeks. So uh, it might be that I uh, ring in and have a chat with you every week and uh, I'll wake up at 3am in the morning. And Quite possible. I was just looking at that then <laughs> on the phone and seeing what the time is in London and I think it'll be like three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll ring up and have a chat with you and we'll just talk about some of, the, uh, some of the beautiful plants and gardens that I'm seeing over there. Excellent. Before okay. you do go... Anything you'd like to mention? Yes, I was going to mention kangaroo paw. We were driving up Hunter Street uh, during uh, the weekend and the kangaroo paw just look amazing in there. They're only little dwarf ones, but uh, what a fantastic plant. Um, I, I guess once I've taken the kangaroo route back to... Um, Back to Australia, we might talk about them in more detail because you can get dwarf ones, you can get tall ones. Uh, look, they're they're really tough oh, right. plant. Uh, the only thing they really don't like is humidity, but you can treat them to keep that under control. But at the moment, up and down Hunter Street and the planting there, they're looking fantastic. They've got that really you know vibrant red uh, colour to the flowers, uh, or actually to the bud of the of the plant. The flower is the little bit that comes out of the end. So we'll talk about that uh, when I get back in four weeks, in a month's time. Yeah, I'll remember. Don't worry about that. I can hardly wait. Just like the ancient gardens, it's. Gardening talk back on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health 
well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.